Welcome to the You Need More Money podcast. I'm your host, Matt Monero. I come to you every week from my studio in Dallas, Texas. Limping in sucks. I mean, just doing the bare minimum sucks. I live by a rule that says anything legal, anything. And I can't stand when I see people limping in. The reality is there's a fine line between just doing enough and being all in. And you don't always know when you cross that line. That's why it's called limping in. Because people limp in to being all in. And they don't know when they cross the line to being all in. The only way to be is all in. Totally committed to winning. Period. Now, I don't know when that mindset developed for me. I don't know if I was born with it. I don't know if it was developed. But I remember a a perfect example when I was a kid of when I understood the difference between limping in, doing the bare minimum, and going above and beyond. And I've lived my entire life in an effort to go above and beyond. Never limping in. My first uh, real job, I always was the kid shoveling snow, mowing lawns, raking leaves, all that stuff from like eight years old on because I like to have a little bit of folding money. But my first job, I was 15 and I got a job working in a restaurant. The restaurant was called the Black Goose Grill in my hometown in Connecticut. And I didn't have any skills. I mean, I didn't know how to do anything. That in the restaurant business. And so they gave me a job working in the kitchen on the line. The line is where the cooks are. And a, a line for cooks has different stations. So you're going to have one guy's working the ovens. You're going to have one guy's working the, the um, saute pan, the stove. You might have one guy doing a salad prep appetizer work. Or you may have one guy doing or, or gal doing uh, desserts. And my first day was on a Sunday And the restaurant had Sunday brunch. And my sole responsibility that day was to make the pancakes. And so they stuck me all the way down at the end of the line, the hottest possible spot on the line in the kitchen. And we had a little flat top, a portable flat top. I don't know how many pancakes you could put on. Let's say you could put eight pancakes on it. And my sole job that whole day, my shift, was to make pancakes for brunch. The problem was nobody was ordering pancakes. And so on the other side of the line, these guys were getting crushed, making omelets and eggs Benedict and all the other stuff that goes along with brunch. And I was on the other side of the line all by myself staring at this flat top cooker. By the way, all the way down at the other end of the line in the most busy spot was the owner of the restaurant. I can't remember what his name was. Some, for some reason, I want to say it was David or maybe it was Greg. I can't remember what his name was. But he was a big guy, loudmouth, as most good chefs are. So what, what could I have done? I mean, I just remember this so vividly. I tell the story to my boys all the time so they get the picture. I could have sat there and waited, right, until the big boy, Dave, or whatever his name was, told me to make an order of pancakes. And I could have just sat there. I mean, no one else told me what to do. I didn't know what else to do. I certainly couldn't make omelets or do anything meaningful. But I took out steel wool. 
And I started scrubbing that flat top, man. It was filthy. I don't know. Maybe the guy before me didn't clean it. Maybe 10 guys before me didn't clean it. But when I was looking at it, I was saying, this thing is a pigsty. I'm going to scrub this bad boy down. And so I got myself busy. And I started scrubbing down that flat top cooker. And by the time I was done, that thing shined. It was the cleanest it had ever been. Maybe even since it came out of the damn box. And... I made every once in a while, I'd make an order of pancakes and I'd go back to scrubbing this thing down. Just scrubbing it, man. Working up a sweat, cleaning this thing. Until about halfway through the shift, the, the, head, the owner, the, the head chef on the line, screams over to, to, to the waitstaff, would somebody please order some pancakes? This damn kid is doing nothing but scrubbing this, pan, this flat top. Man, it registered to me. My effort got noticed. He knew that I wasn't doing the bare minimum. He took note of the fact that I wasn't just sitting there sucking up a paycheck, that I was actually working for whatever I was making, $5 an hour, whatever it was. I never forgot that, man. And from that moment on, I always understood what value added meant, that if you're getting paid, you better work your ass off. You better not wait around for somebody to tell you what to do. You better justify your check. My whole life has been lived like that. I don't like to limp into anything. So how do you know whether you're limping in though, right? Because so many people think they're pushing so hard. They're killing it. They're working hard. They're 10Xing it. The reality is most aren't. So I, I made a little list of things that I see people doing when it looks to me like they're doing just enough, that they, they, maybe they think they're doing all of it, but to me it looks like they're doing just enough. And here's a quick little list of it. Number one, they watch the clock. They know, they know whether it's time to go or not. They know whether it's time for lunch or it's time for their smoke break. And, and really what happens in that situation, when you're the boss of people who are operating like that, you're not just losing that hour that they're on lunch, because they're thinking about lunch two hours before lunch, and then they're thinking about what are they going to eat, and they're wondering how long is it going to take to get in the car, and you know who's going to go with them, and what should they eat. So they start conversations and sidebars with other people, and they start burning a lot more than just the hour for lunch. Another way that somebody can just be limping in is they ask this question, what's in it for me? Man, when I was scrubbing that flat top, I wasn't asking what's in it for me. I was saying what's in it for the restaurant. I was saying, how do I deliver value to the restaurant to justify my paycheck? If I'm supposed to make pancakes and there aren't pancakes being ordered, I better get to work. People who limp in just say things like this. It's not my job. Oh my God, do I hate that one. It's not my job. People who limp in get to work around nine and they leave at five. And the players don't get to work at nine. They don't leave at five. Never happens. I'll give you an idea just what happened to me before 9 o'clock just this morning, right? Up at 5, 6 a.m. workout with my man Josh at the house, cold swim. The pool was 50 degrees today. Recorded a video in the pool, posted up to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, etc. I did my meal prep for the day, wrote my family a little love letter because I love making my boys breakfast. So I made them breakfast and I put it out there on the counter while they were still sleeping. They got no school this week. So when they wake up, they'll have a love letter from me. My wife will too. And now they'll have their breakfast. I showered up, got dressed like a pro, 
skilled up on my way to the office, started listening to the Ed Milet 2018 Goal Setting Podcast, killer episode, made a few phone calls on the way to the office, and I was in the office by 8 o'clock. I think I was actually in more like 7.45. Some people, that's a lot of stuff to accomplish before 8 o'clock in the morning. I don't know if it is or not. It is just what I like to get accomplished. But the guy who's thinking about getting to work at 9 isn't thinking about that stuff. He's not, he or she's not accomplishing like that. Now, I like to leave the office around 4. Uh, a couple reasons. Uh, number one, it beats traffic for me to get home. If I don't leave earlier than 5, I sit in a lot of traffic. This one bottleneck in the highway where it brings in from two or three different roads, and it just backs up and it's rough. But no matter what, if I leave at 4 or 4.30, 5.30, sometimes 7, whatever, I'm skilling up on the way home. So I'll be listening to somebody's podcast or a YouTube video on the way home, and I'll be making more phone calls. But when I get home, I'm still energized, right, which allows me to have some quality time on the home front with my boys and my wife. I like cooking family dinners. Something to me magical happens when you sit around the table with your family. It doesn't happen uh, enough in society anymore. We may all have memories of our mom cooking at the kitchen table, maybe yes, maybe no, but something happens around it, and we like to do a family dinner night at least three to four nights a week. Something magical happens when you just sit, you put the phones away, put the music off, TV off, and you just sit around the table. So I like to cook that. But trust me when I tell you, sometime right around about 8 o'clock, after I've done all that stuff and everything starts to settle down in my house, I go into my office and I'll put another hour or two in. And usually what I'm doing is, 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 is visualizing. I'm usually just spending that time visualizing, goal setting, and planning. I'm not doing busy work usually from 8 to 9 to 10. Maybe I'm following up on some emails and stuff, but for the most part, I'm taking control of my time. You know, a couple other things when people are just limping in that's still on my list here. They don't move their bodies. They don't exercise. Now, they don't have to lift heavy weights and do squats but they also don't take a walk around the building. They don't spend five minutes moving their body. Some people will spend more time during their day on smoke breaks than they will moving their body and getting the oxygen flowing. It bums me out, man, because people don't make money when you're limping in. The only time you make money is when you're committing all in. So let me give you some examples of what all in is. I think waking up early. Now, I'm a morning guy. I'm not a late night guy. That might be the reverse for you. Your strong point might be late at night. That's cool. But most of the successful people I know are early birds. They get up at the crack of dawn. They beat the sun up. They are totally prepared and in control of their time and their day. It's a very, very important piece. They work out. They move their body. They make a lot of phone calls. They are never afraid of the phone, ever. They're on the phone a lot. They handle problems first thing in the morning. They don't wait. Because when you wait, it occupies your brain, creates fear. You just kick the can down the road. They address problems early. First thing in the morning, they handle them. They knock them out. The other thing I notice is they dress like a warrior. Now, what I mean by that is that doesn't mean in a, in, a, in a full-fledged suit every day, but they dress like a warrior. Like even Gary Vaynerchuk, right? Vaynerchuk's never going to wear a suit, but he dresses like a warrior in his space every day. He doesn't dress like a slouch. He dresses the part of a warrior in his type of a world. 
When you're all in, you're only playing to your superpower. You are not working on minutia and little things that don't play to your superpower. The other things uh, people who are all into is they delegate what they suck at. Now, they're going to delegate it to an assistant, maybe. Maybe they delegate it to their spouse. Let's just say it's picking up uh, dry cleaning. Or let's say it's handling the household bills. If they suck at it, maybe their spouse will take care of that for them. Maybe they'll delegate to a department head, a manager that they have in place. And instead of being uh, dropping in and screwing up that manager's workflow and the momentum that that manager has, they actually have the ability to delegate to that department head. Super important. Or maybe they'll do what I did, which was hire a senior project manager in here. And her name is Sarah. I've mentioned it before. Sarah knows my business backwards and forwards. She's an unbelievable puzzle putter together. And uh, she loves doing that stuff. In fact, she loves doing the stuff that I suck at. So I delegate a lot of things to her. How do you move in the direction of going all in, though? And why aren't we going all in? I mean, let's just use the old football analogy, right? I played nose guard and center in high school. And I probably sound like Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite when I talk like this. But I, I, I relate a lot of things to sports. And I only played high school football. I got hurt my senior year. I was going to play D1 had multiple offers from a lot of schools, but I, I basically blew out my neck my senior year in high school, and that was the end of my football career. But a lot of things connect me to my, my playing days because just think about it. If you're the center snapping the ball and you've got a big nose guard on the other side of you, that guy might beat you. And what are you going to do? You're going to dig in. You're going you're gonna to try harder to beat the other person. And that's what doesn't happen when we graduate high school or we graduate college. We stop putting ourselves in animalistic situations in which you have to be forced to beat the other person. And I suggest to you that in order to get yourself moving in an all-in direction, that you have to put yourself in an environment where there's competition. And so if you're the number one person in your office right now or in your company or um, you don't have competition, you have to go out to the marketplace and find it. It may mean you got to leave your job and go put yourself at a bigger company where there are people making more money so you can be competitive again to go and win. Trust me when I tell you, the more you tap into your competitive nature, the less you will be uh, handicapped by not tapping into your competitive nature. It will just become part of your DNA again. You all have it. Every single person listening to this podcast wants more. And at some point in your life, you had that competitive nature and you may have lost it. Maybe you're deeply in tune with it. And I say congratulations, but now go find somebody else that you can compete with at a much higher level. If you don't have that in your environment, you have it inside of you. You just got to put yourself in more competitive situations again. You may have to change the environment. I'm going to leave you today with two questions when it comes to whether you're limping in or you're all in. Number one, who are you chasing? Who are you chasing? It could be a person, an actual being that you're chasing. But I would challenge you that the person you're chasing is the person you're supposed to be. It's the person who has the maximum potential that hasn't been tapped into. That's who I chase every day. Man, I'm not chasing competitors anymore. I'm not chasing my old man or my friends or my family. I'm not chasing my coworkers, man. I'm chasing me. 
Who am I supposed to be? And then I would ask you the question, because once you move into that environment where you're really only fighting against your potential and who are you on this earth to be, ask this question. Who's beating you? Who's got the game mastered more than you? You may not know who that person is. Guess what? That person's you. You're beating you because you're limping in. Man, when you start to go all in, everything changes, man. You don't think about time. You don't think about days. Everything makes sense to you. It's crystal clear when you are on purpose and deeply dialed into your potential. Stop limping in. Get your piece of the American pie. And that journey starts now. Right now. I'll see you down the road. That's our episode this week with your host, Matt Monero. Check us out every Friday at 12 p.m. Central as we discuss money, your life, and how you need more money.